Just another day in Colton's bedroom. Hey! <laughs> Not like I wasn't prepared for this. I love Wheat Thins. Podcast brought to you by Wheat, Wheat Thins. Thins. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, why we're we're doing a part two here? Um, we went. We got tons of stuff on on the race and the church and all that stuff that I knew. I knew both these women would have tons to say on. There's another part that I know is a part of their lives and a part of mine. Um, which is not only our gender, but our sexuality and our views on relationship, which are kind of integral to who we are. It's not not a part of my life, though. No. Nope. <laughs> Dan's a eunuch. I'm a Ken doll. <laughs> <laughs> it's all smooth down there. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> it's all smooth. Um, so, for me, as a, I'm uh, openly heterosexual. Male. <laughs> uh, um, no qualms about uh, it. So glad you're out of the closet on that one, buddy. <laughs> openly straight. Uh, it's been a struggle. Let me tell you about it. Um, been a struggle getting people to sleep with me as a straight <laughs> man. <laughs> oh. Day, I think you have a very interesting perspective. You are here with your girlfriend, Ashley. You're also a seminary student. You're also involved in the church. You're also a black woman. So a little bit of the odds stacked against you, I would say. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I think you're very capable of handling, but I'm also very curious of like how you have handled that. What is your what is your experience? You, we could not be on more different sides mm-hmm. of like the social spectrum of pressure, mm-hmm. I think, and um, and opposition, I think. Not only do you have race, you have gender, and you have sexuality. I feel like those three things, people in the majority would look at you and and have certain feelings and thoughts about that. So I'm just curious what that's like for you. Um, and what do I, as a straight white man, need to understand to engage with you as a sister and and all that? As a sister. As a sister. <laughs> I wasn't saying it like that. Uh, sister in Christ. <laughs> Let me clear it up. Let you know. <laughs> Um, coming out as being like queer is not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing for your parents. I mean, for my mom, like, like she is like kind of like coming to grips with it because it's like this is day. I've always known day to be somebody that's a little different. Most of the, the beat of her own drum and things like that. So she's like kind of getting used to it and trying to like just realize, okay, this is it. And and what I the the things the issues that I have are not Dave's problem. That's my problem. I need to forget over it. This is Dave's not a bad person. Mm-hmm. Is not out here, you know, being promiscuous and just out here just doing things crazily. Yeah. Um. So for me, it actually I haven't had like that much shame attached to it because the whole mm-hmm. thing for me was like, if my mom's okay with it, mm-hmm. then. I don't care Everybody, about the whole world. Yeah, y'all better yeah, fall in line. I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. It's 
about my mama. mama. As long as my mom, I'm not in your parents, right? You know, I'm not embarrassed. I don't want to embarrass my mom. I don't want her to feel isolated or anything like that. Because you did anything wrong. Once I get approved from my mom, that's like the thing that sets the boundaries. Because even before my mom knew, I didn't didn't really care. Like, it was like. General public. Right. It was like, okay, what could you say? Like, what could you say to me? Um, But as far as being single for like a long time and like always like kind of like having relationships that are like like, just like broken apart um at first for i thought i used to think that it was like a bad thing that like god hated me and things like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. this is like i feel like that's most the most experience of like gay people is that that god hates them um but then i was just like well if I am to go off of what I know to what a Christian is to be, if God created me and God said it was good, then mm-hmm. therefore how could what I feel it would I be feeling be bad? You know, they say like, you know, you try to pray it away, you try to do all these things, but none of that works and like I've done that forever. And I also never really felt like convicted about it. It was mm-hmm. mostly just kinda like what my I was like I'm nervous because my mom's gonna know like my mom's gonna right. find out. It was never like I feel like wrong. It was like always because I didn't want my mom to be upset. Um, I feel like for a lot of for a lot of non Christians and non Christian homosexuals, there's this question of like what like why would you even why would you even bother being a part of this community that so actively like works against you and shames you. Yeah. Like why even why even carry their banner, you know? Because like I like I said before, my experience is not off of what the church or what my parents well, there gave is, me. There's the truth. There it is. <laughs> it's not my experience is not off of what my parents have taught me because of course I came into Christianity because of what m- my parents believed. Mm-hmm. But yet, the experience that I've had is not because of what my parents have told me. Because mm-hmm. what my parents have told me, then I would be still fighting, like, oh, I can't be gay because, you know, they think that marriage is between a man and a woman and things like that. Like, then I would still be on that path. But yet, I I feel like I've seen a higher power move in my life in different ways that I can't even explain or can't even begin to even talk about because I have no words to even describe the experience that I've had. So therefore, I I latch onto that, and I know that power to be God, not just a, a entity that I can't, you know, like just like yeah. chance. I mm-hmm. know that when I prayed or when I asked for this or when I said like I really need to hear from you, I really need to know something. Like moments where I've like wanted to end my life, mm-hmm. like there, like if it was up to me, like I would be, I felt I would be dead. Mm-hmm. So I know that there's something other than myself that's keeping things in line mm-hmm. you know like, so your faith has been the thing that has saved you more than oppressed you yeah in like and, that, and that, i know that's like a, a unique experience for people but for me it's like call it a higher power call it god call it allah call it i don't know mm-hmm. but i know something other than myself mm. has that and i know that i've been introduced to christianity so that i know that i know that to me there's a there's an element of jesus there's an element of god and I hold on to that because of what I have experienced. And I can't, like, some things I can't explain. Like, even when people ask me, like, well, how does that make sense? I don't, I don't fuck, I don't know. Like, I yeah. don't know, but I know for a fact that there's been something other than me, a power other than me that has kept me in. Yeah. That's just like, know. but it's interesting. Um, 
it's like asking someone to explain faith. Do we have to give our identifiers? Like, like, no, no, we don't want to. Like, I play well, Okay, I am a black female who is heterosexual. What you're talking about is asking someone. That's like you ask somebody, well, explain your faith to me. You can't explain faith. Right. When you have a relationship with God, it is, it's unexplainable. Do you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? I mean, yes, you can quote scriptures and say, yes, that's me. But it is, we are all called to have our own unique, intimate relationship that's that's the hard thing that I experienced coming from a majority culture is in the majority culture you're taught there is a uniform way to experience God and understand him. Interesting. You're, you're okay. not Word. taught Don't that. Listen. So me and the monastics, we got real close right. and fuller. Which is where I'm I've completely transitioned to in the last three or four years of my Come life on. is to mysticism. Mm-hmm. We talked about it in the last episode. Yes. But it is like everything you're saying is it is a personal experience I cannot define, but it is so clear to me that this is true. And that's the part of faith and religion gets a bad rap because religion's like the rules and it uses shame and guilt to control right. people. But spirituality and that relationship of faith is, is and that's the thing that and that, th- th- first of all, the thing that bothers me about Fuller because they try to move so far away from the individualism in Christianity, mm-hmm. and I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing because in the Black Church we sing songs that say. I, me, mm. but yes. yet it's still corporate because we're all experiencing it together. Come on, you better teach But this. if you take away the individualism of me and God, then it makes mm. it more of a blanket thing. It's like, well, why is what well, then? Why is that person doing this and why is that person mm. doing that? Then mm. it's like, no, because how else would I not? How else would I know God if it wasn't for what I've experienced? I can't give you my experience and even if i told you my experience you might be like that's bullshit because i didn't experience it right mm-hmm. you didn't experience mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. so i or think because that, scripture tells me your experience right. is wrong or scripture says this right. or scripture says uh, according oh, to man interpretation not, you know right. man my experience that's what i'm saying like it's right <laughs> it back. right it's just like this whole thing <laughs> yeah. of like this cycle yeah. and so it's like it becomes so confusing and it becomes so convoluted and it becomes so hard to explain because there's so many different things and I don't think people understand that it's like it's not about what yeah the book exists but the book wouldn't exist if a person didn't experience it for themselves and it's written down because they experience God in a certain way mm-hmm. which, why is why you, it's which written, is why you have synoptic yeah. which is why you which is why you yes. have, which is why you can, read can something about it, right? so therefore I like yeah it's truth in it but I what John experienced, what Matthew experienced, mm-hmm. is not the same thing I experienced. Yeah. And it's not the same thing I see. So, therefore, I can't say, like, which is why I have a, I mean, I don't have a problem with the Bible, but I have a problem with how we interpret the Bible because that is his experience. Mm-hmm. And this is my experience. And you can't tell me that my experience is wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And it go, and it, this even goes down to, like, black, black, the black experience. You can't say that what I experienced as a black person is wrong because you're not black so you don't experience it. Right. Which is the same thing about, I feel like about Christianity, you can't say that my experience is wrong because that's what I experienced and that's what I know and I might not be able to explain it to you in the right way but I'm not going to be upset with you if you don't understand my experience because I feel like you have to be to a certain degree of openness to even understand it right. or even to empathize with it. This, this might be due to my severe lack of academic learnedness, but I, I get really frustrated with Christians who claim to be able to like logically argue somebody into God, who claim to be able to like logically like explain, this is why God must exist. This is why Christianity must be valid. I'm like, that is, 
I, I think like the only thing that a person can do and what I try to tell my friends because I have many great friends who are spiritually curious but are not going to claim the title of Christian. And I'm like, all, all you can do and all I would advocate you doing is you just mentally and like in your heart just have to like just be willing to like leave the door open. Well, it's like if the if something walks through the do- the door that's beyond your control, you just have to be like, yeah, the door's open. Well, I'll give I'll give a, 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 a interesting. I'm bringing you into this. Like, okay. Actually, I was waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> actually, still here. Part two. Yeah. Actually, he's not a Christian, but actually said that she's open to like like if the if something happened where she would like be like okay like she can't like deny it, mm-hmm. but like. Like we have conversations about this all the time, and there's some stuff I can't explain, and it's like I can't even argue. I can't even be like argue with her, which is why I don't get in debates with people that try to argue about Christianity. Because I, I can't say to you like, because most of it doesn't make sense. There's really no reason to debate it. There's really it doesn't make sense, and I can only say for what I've experienced. This is what I experienced. Like I can't say to you like you should believe this because if you don't feel it, you don't feel it. You just yeah. don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know what to say. But that shouldn't to me. That shouldn't meet the dividing wall between two people because yeah, right. I believe of course. this about God and I believe I believe in Jesus but then you don't like that how, that doesn't take away from you being a good person so what is I, I love her and I right. like you know like that but, doesn't but that doesn't I don't think what you have comes naturally like that art course, the of art course. of that relationship despite belief boundaries mm-hmm. there's a whole thing about like being equally yoked and, and don't tie in with someone who doesn't believe what you believe and I think there is something huge to the way beliefs shape your identity, but you, I think, are uniquely capable of, of something where you can, you have a firm belief and a firm experience, yeah. and you'll go, but I don't need to prove any, I don't need to prove it to anybody, because look, look at anything today, and it's like, I'm going to prove I'm the rightest person in this room right now. Because, I, I mean, I think I'm in a, a position, being queer, being Identifying as Christian, because I, I I do call my, I mean I am a Christian. Mm-hmm. Identifying as Christian, and then being in seminary and still not understanding half of the shit that's in the Bible. <laughs> I've heard many defensive Christians say the Bible is very clear on homosexuality. Quick disclaimer. If you ever find yourself saying the Bible is very clear on something, just stop for a second and reconsider. There are very, very, very few things the Bible is actually clear on. Even when it comes to the true nature of Jesus, it's not that clear. If you don't believe me, do some reading on the first seven ecumenical councils that took place during early church history. An ecumenical council is basically where all the Christian leaders in the world came together to develop universal church doctrine. And you want to know what they fought about most in each of the seven councils that occurred over the course of 500 years? They fought about the true nature of Jesus Christ. They didn't understand who he was. Was he part man, part God? Was he fully God? Did he have human and divine will? How should we relate to the central figure of our faith? They didn't know, and so they fought endlessly. Churches split and many religious leaders went into exile or were labeled a heretic and sentenced to death because the Bible was not clear enough about who Jesus was. So in regards to homosexuality and all sexuality and gender issues, which are incredibly complex and deep-seated, I would hope that we would all be slow to develop concrete beliefs and quick to be curious, interested, patient, and loving with those who are different than us. With that disclaimer, here's what you need to know about what the Bible actually says about homosexuality. There are seven 
key verses that people tend to use to argue over homosexuality, and they're often called the clobber passages because people have used them to justify vicious, hateful speech and beliefs about homosexuals. They are as follows. Genesis 19, about Sodom and Gomorrah, Leviticus 18, 22, and Leviticus 20, 13, Romans 1, 26 through 27, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, 1 Timothy 1, 9 through 10, and Jude 1, 7. So there's seven there, which is not many. However, most people just know about Leviticus 18 and Romans 1, so that's all I'm going to cover. In regards to the Leviticus passage, I'm going to default to President Bartlett in season one of The West Wing because I loved it when I first saw it, and I feel like he says it better than I ever could. So take a listen as he confronts a conservative Christian talk show host who condemns homosexuality. I like how you call homosexuality an abomination. I don't say homosexuality is an abomination, Mr. President. The Bible does. Yes, it does. Leviticus. 18.22. Chapter and verse. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions while I had you here. I'm interested in selling my youngest daughter into slavery, as sanctioned in Exodus 21-7. She's a Georgetown sophomore, speaks fluent Italian, always cleared the table when it was her turn. What would a good price for her be? While thinking about that, can I ask another? My chief of staff, Leo McGarry, insists on working on the Sabbath. Exodus 35-2 clearly says he should be put to death. Am I morally obligated to kill him myself, or is it okay to call the police? Here's one that's really important, because we've got a lot of sports fans in this town. Touching the skin of a dead pig makes one unclean. Leviticus 11.7. If they promise to wear gloves, can the Washington Redskins still play football? Can Notre Dame? Can West Point? Does the whole town really have to be together to stone my brother John for planting different crops side by side? Can I burn my mother in a small family gathering for wearing garments made from two different threads? Think about those questions, would you? Boom! How good was that? Aaron Sorkin is the man. Anyway, in regards to Paul's writings, language is everything. The term Paul uses to describe sex between two men is arsenikoitai, which is a made-up word like sexting or brangelina, R.I.P. There is no record of that word ever being used before Paul wrote it. It's essentially a mashup of the word man and bed. And it wasn't until the early 1900s that biblical scholars began translating this word homosexual. The major question in my mind is why Paul would make up a new word when the Greeks already used the term pateraste to describe the same thing. If you read Romans closely, you can tell the overarching theme of Paul's writing is the universally accessible, transformational power of following Christ versus the degrading result of following false idols or outdated laws. Furthermore, sex in Paul's culture was always understood as connected to property and power. Never love, never a relationship. Much is the same case with divorce. And it's the reason why Jesus condemns divorce and anyone who remarries as an adulterer because men would have sex with women, which equated consummating a marriage, and then cast them out of their homes at their convenience. Essentially, this tanked a woman's property value, much like driving a new car off the lot. And that may seem crass, but that's literally how women were seen back then. Now maybe Paul made up a word to fully capture the essence of idol worship rooted in the expression of our sexual power and possessions. I'm not entirely sure. But I do think he'd be disappointed to see how much we've missed the entire point of his letters 
in order to quibble over a pithy turn of phrase. Now I admit that this isn't easy if you're a staunch advocate of conservative values. And at different points in my life, I've landed on varying sides of this debate as well, and it, at times condemning it, at others remaining silent, and now supporting my LGBTQ family. However, if I'm being totally honest, I'm only about 51% sure about my theological beliefs on this issue because there is a lot that makes sense to me biologically, scripturally, instinctively about men and women mating. But that's because I'm a straight man devoid of homosexual desires. So it's a foreign perspective, much like understanding a black woman's perspective is for me. All I know is that Jesus is very clear on how we should treat those with whom we disagree or differ from, and that's with a tidal wave of persistent love. That's all. Now back to day and tea. When people are like, just, I just read the scripture and it brings me so much peace. I'm like, what part what are you reading? No, but you know what happens? So quite frankly, though, we go back to the mysticism. Right. It depends on whether you look at the, and I'm not trying to get all seminary on us, but, you know, do you look at the Bible allegorically? all over this. Allegorically <laughs> or literally? And again, yeah. we go back, it goes back to personal, right. and personal then, but interpretation. Then, but then allegorically and literally doesn't take away from it having good in it, which is right. why... No, like, right, right. The bot, like, which is why I feel like a lot of people get so caught up because, like, it's not logical. But is it saying something good? Now, if it says something yeah. bad, then we can argue that all day long. We can argue right. about, like, no, you know, women being chopped up to little it's small pieces. But if it's, <laughs> right, yeah. we can argue about all this stuff. But if it's yeah. saying something good that can make you a better person, I don't. Which is why I find truth in a lot of things. Right. If yeah. it makes you, if you, if you read it and you're like, oh man, like that's good. Like I don't understand why we people human beings can't see like oh that is good i can live by that rather than like oh like well that like, how can you prove that how can you like well see but th but the thing is and see this is what i've gotten into i was so blessed in seminary to uh, to be introduced to cultural hermeneutics mm -hmm. i thought it was the whole thing but i didn't realize it was hermeneutics period and i just did a paper on hans george Gothamer, who was I big on hermeneutics and how to go but hermeneutic means it, he his whole study his philosophical preference is that Yes, we welcome when people read something, take in their historical context, their place of being, yeah. that's their what culture. But Dr. Seacrest has said that too. Right. So it's like, it's like, so when you read it, yes, that's why you can read a scripture and get something out of it, and I can read and get something else. We're both black, but we both can look at the scripture and be <laughs> like, well, we, 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 we definitely have, like, Wait, I wasn't aware of this. You were, you're you both didn't know that black? we were both black? Oh, man, um, what a gold mine. I know, <laughs> Actually, brown. I'm actually colorblind, like a, uh, so. Are you Coco? Are you Coco? Coco? Let me see. Just, a red undertone with... I had yellow undertone. You see it, you see it. Anyway, so, but my thing is, hermeneutical interpretation is everything. And I'm a big proponent. But So that's how you can read the living word. And it can be living to you and living to you and living to you and living to me. This is critical. Go ahead, go ahead. No, that is like the complete basis against cessationists, which are like, oh, God did it in the past. It's over. He's done doing that. And it's like, the living and active Work, like, they need to go sit down. Yeah, I know. It, it constantly, it's, it's constantly. <laughs> They're slowly evolving. dying off, so I think we're gonna it's be okay. But like you said, it's constantly evolving. And like right. what Dr. Seacrest, like in in class, she talked about like um this idea of like there is a context of when it was when it was written. Right. Mm -hmm. That's so a like, historical perspective. Right. If you try to paste it, a lot of the stuff onto now, it's not gonna make sense. Yeah, right. definitely. It won't. It won't stick. Right. Even the stuff they talk about gay, the gay stuff, like. 
Women, gay, all or Sodom and Gomorrah, or even people back then were like having sex to like offer things to God, like to their gods. So therefore, like it was like a whole different thing. It wasn't even like just like oh, I may like you because you're a woman. It's like no, we're having sex because we're offering stuff to the sex god, and that's what we do. Or Sodom and Gomorrah, the 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 base, the main text that they use. It wasn't even about like gay. It was about I'm gonna rape you so I can show that you have that that right. oh, I have yeah, more yeah. power than you. And they have to use that text against people. It's like Ezekiel it sixteen explains it away too. That's, That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make too. sense. It doesn't. That doesn't. It doesn't stand. And like it's, it's constantly evolving. Love is constantly evolving. Right. Relationship is constantly evolving. Even in Greek philosophy, the the Greek philosophers they had amorous relationships with men mm-hmm, mm-hmm, based mm-hmm. off of like I freaking love you, so therefore I'm gonna mm-hmm. make a love to you. So you can right. Love. This is this is a huge. That was an entire. That's what I'm saying. It's like it doesn't. It doesn't. What What does that feel like when the civil rights movement of old of like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X for for black white relationships gets paralleled and (laughs) piggybacked on the gay straight binary mm-hmm. how do you deal with that I mean both of you are uniquely able to answer that and different because oh. Tawana being straight day not like and black and yeah I'm, I'm both black, black and still surprised you're, you're both black <laughs> straight line uh, um, what is that what is that like for you day and then Tawana asks you to answer the same thing like how do you feel about that when it's lumped onto you want to go or you can go first yeah well I, I think it would be interesting to hear well first of all like, I'll say it in a nutshell and I would love to hear and I have to girl do you say what I'm saying <laughs> I don't even I don't even entertain the conversation. Really? You do not understand. Like people will look at me, and I am so diplomatic. I have a pastor's heart, but I do you see what I'm saying? But when you get to talking about I've that, I'll be like, I'll be like, right. oh, oh. that's how fire brimstone. <laughs> too. Well, no, I think it's funny. People want you to pray for them. They're like, you have so much passion. Okay, but that passion transcends into <laughs> into every area of my life. It's not the same thing, and that's all I'm gonna say. And I'm gonna let day take it from here. But that, that, you can't leave it just there. Okay. So if you're going to illuminate it, then go for it. I but think she is going to illuminate, okay, and cool. I think she's the one to illuminate we'll, we'll, it as one. We'll who let Day speak to it, and then Tawana, feel free to, add, feel free to, yeah, react. to add yeah. in. Cool. Right. <clears throat> I just feel like people keep fighting for oppression, and I don't understand why you want to fight for oppression. Like, who, why would you want to be more oppressed than another person? And I feel like that's where it is. Like a competition? Yeah, it's like it's not a competition. Also, a black person that's gay, or a person of color that's gay, has a way worse than a white person that's gay. Mm. If you think about it, you white person has privilege. If they wanted to, they can turn off one of said. their things. That's what they you can closely be like, mm, you know, or try to act straight, right. and they still have a, a level of like, oh, I can be, you know, I can pretend to be like a, uh, uh, I can pretend to be straight if I if I need it, if need be to get what I want. Black person can pretend to be straight. But still have to struggle because they're black. So therefore, I feel like yes, they're both civil rights, but the black issue and the gay issue is so much different. Separate. I think that to pit them against each other and to be like, "Well, I'm gay and I'm white, so it's kind of just like you being black," and it's the same civil rights, but it's not. It's it's a totally different thing. Like it's it's it's, it's it, yes, it sucks. It sucks, but they're two separate entities that cannot be compared to each other because one has a whole history and one has more of a like oh, well, 
in a way like i don't know i just think i think i don't know i don't really know i don't really have like too much like a formulated no, cool. thing but i just think that i feel like i want to tag ashley in for a minute though Go did ahead. you have something I heard you back there. I know, but now Go I lost it. it. No, oh, I was okay. going to chime in a few times, but babe, you just were going. Uh, well, so I, I, just th- you. <laughs> I think there. I, <laughs> if you want I, to, go for it. I think <laughs> I hear. I think I hear what you're saying, but but I do feel like I feel like historically over the past mm, twenty five years, there has been um, the media has covered more of um, homosexual hate crimes. You had the instance in. Uh, Montana, where like a, a guy he hit on the wrong group of cowboys. Please excuse my interruption here, but there are a couple of points I should clarify. First, I was uncomfortable with the language I chose in the moment regarding this very sensitive case. And second, I realized I needed to research the greater context of historical injustices brought against the homosexual community because I really couldn't say for sure whether or not there was a vast recording of prejudice against alternative sexual orientations and identities. Spoiler alert, there sure is. The case I'm referencing is the murder of Matthew Shepard in October of 1998. It took place in Wyoming, not Montana. Aaron McKinney and Russell Henderson, ages 22 and 21 respectively, offered to give Matthew a ride home from a local bar. They drove him to a remote area, beat him, tortured him, robbed him, and hung his unconscious body on a fence. Matthew was discovered by a bicyclist 18 hours later. The man said he almost missed him because he thought he was a scarecrow. That image should be disturbing, and I include it intentionally. Matthew died in hospital six days later. He was 21. When the two young men were first arrested, they made statements that they had convinced Matthew that they were also gay so that they could lure him into trust and rob him, yet later changed their tune. What's weird about this case is that the prosecution attempted to pin murder charges on the two attackers based on the pre-orchestrated plan to beat, murder, and rob Matthew plain and simple premeditated assault and robbery. The young men attempted to defend themselves by saying they didn't plan on killing him until they flew into a rage over a homosexual advance he made. They hoped to lessen their sentencing by appealing to a heterosexual jury on the grounds of, we were just going to rob him, but then he hit on us. He crossed a line and they couldn't help themselves. This is because, at that time, in the state of Wyoming, crimes perpetrated on the basis of sexual orientation were not prosecutable as hate crimes. That is to say that a person's sexual orientation was not a key component of their personhood, and therefore could not be charged in the same way as a crime against a race could be. This led to the creation of the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act, which attaches harsher punishments to hate crimes. Prior to the act passing in 2008, race, ethnicity, and religion were protected under hate crime legislation, but not sexual orientation or gender identity. To this day, 49 states legally allow a defense known as a gay panic defense to be used in violent cases, in which a defendant may claim their violence was caused by temporary insanity when confronted with homosexually romantic advances, as attempted in Matthew's case. Only California has outlawed this defense. Throughout history, virtually every single culture has recorded instances of homosexual activity, including love and relationships, yet throughout antiquity, homosexuality has been treated as deviant or criminal behavior. Many cultures, such as the Greeks and Romans, regarded homosexuality as a part of culture and simply established laws regarding the boundaries of those relationships without the harsh stigmatization. But once monotheistic religions began to dominate the cultural landscape, the treatment of homosexuals became increasingly 
increasingly vicious. Once Roman emperors claimed Christianity as the faith of the empire, homosexuality was banned and punishable by imprisonment and execution. This trend continued through much of European history, and because homosexuality was treated like a crime that had no racial or gender boundaries, it could be dangerous just to be accused of the practice. Whereas races and religions throughout history have bore the brunt of prejudice and subjugation, homosexuality has consistently been treated as a crime, not as an identity. Men in England were executed for homosexuality up until the 1820s, and even after execution was banned, they were subject to imprisonment and castration up into the 1950s. While most people know that homosexuals were targeted by the Nazis along with Jews and Gypsies, many don't realize that once Allies liberated the concentration camps, many convicted homosexuals were forced to complete their sentences, while subjects of racial imprisonment were released. In 1951, Donald Webster Corey published The Homosexual in America and made the first assertion that gays were a legitimate minority group. It would not be until 1973 that the American Psychiatric Association would remove homosexuality from the list of mental disorders, which meant that throughout the 50s and 60s, gay men and women could be jailed and institutionalized just for being with one another. The tipping point of the gay civil rights battle occurred in 1969 at the Stonewall Inn in New York City when the customers of the popular gay hangout resisted continuous police raids. The police had a history of raiding gay bars in New York, LA, and other major cities because they viewed the act of homosexuality as a committable crime, and the Stonewall resistance was an official statement from the community that homosexuality was a part of who they were, not a deviant crime being committed, and they had every right to hang out at a bar like anyone else. The argument could be made that they were inspired by the success of the black civil rights movement they witnessed, and it should be noted that many of those present at Stonewall were minority races. From what I can tell, as a limited, straight outsider, this is still the battle being fought. The conversation hinges on the concept that homosexuality is not purely a behavior, it is a piece of identity, and people should not be treated maliciously for who they are. We are about to get into how this relates to the black civil rights movement, passions will get flared, and we certainly don't smooth out all these intensely complicated issues in this episode, but I think it's paramount that we understand this is a fight gay men and women have been fighting for a long time. They aren't fighting for the right to do whatever they want, they're fighting for the right to be who they are. That's an important distinction. Okay, back to it. White? Yeah, yeah, white guys. That's the thing. And I, and I, I don't mean to cut you off. That's but okay. The thing is, so, when it comes to white, when it comes to hate crimes against gay people, the white ones get uh, highlighted. Then you have lots Latinas. of transgender mm. black men, men and Latinas. Black people that are getting murdered by cops, by people, and it's not getting publicized. So, it, it, there's a separation. There's still a sense of privilege, even in the struggle. Mm. There's still a, a privilege that comes along with it. Like, uh, okay. Compared to like you know, but but I don't know. But what I would say is that I just hate that people are in a competition for like who can be the more oppressed because to me it's all it's all bad. Mm-hmm. It's it's all bad. Like anybody dying, anybody being oppressed, anybody being talked bad against, anybody being persecuted is bad. Right. And I think when. The only time it comes in is when white folks want to compare something to a black experience. And that's the only... That's black people don't, black yeah. people don't compare shit to the Holocaust or anything. <laughs> because that shit's fucked speak up. Speak it, speak yeah. it. Like, people... Die, like, that shit... Nobody, like... 
nobody like why would you want to do that i think there's a there's an inability to find a common point to relate yeah and and white people are so desperate to be like no 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 i mean i I feel that i'm I'm not trying to justify that no no i'm saying i I get what you're saying i'm like well my thing my thing is yes okay we're gonna tag you in eventually listen my thing is like you said I get it. What you're going through is rough. There's 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 some oppression here and there. First of all, but laws are being changed on your behalf. Mm-hmm. We fought in a very different way to get laws to get changed, and they still ain't really changed. They mm-hmm. changed on paper, but they didn't change in the system. Do you see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. my point is, your struggle is your struggle, mm-hmm. and I'm not mad at it. And I feel you, but I'm not gonna allow you to coattail people. Shit. You coattail, coattail. They coattailed long enough to get some 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 some, some leverage. They cocktailed long enough to get some leverage, right? But then you started getting advantages and you can jump off and on when you want. Again, it's mm. the thing. I We can't. Our struggle is always our struggle. We mm. don't get to come on and come up. That's why I'm like, I don't deny that you got one, I just, but don't be trying to. No. I just, said this way. I just think if a, if a black person was Harvey Milk. <laughs> no movie. That's it. No that's movie deal. Yeah, well, I don't know. That's that's kind of, for me, on the outside looking in, I poked fun at this last year on my master's thesis. Yes, you did. Not to, to, to discriminate to, 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 anybody, uh, but I was to, like, to, right. look how kind of silly it seems to compare these two. I'm just, as, on, the, on the outside, I'm neither black nor gay. But I look at the I look at the correlations, and the part of my brain that's right, a, humorous yeah. is like, well, that's kind of funny, because it seems very different. Right. Literally, that's that was my first thought when I'm like, how are these... Because, like, my, my point to Tawana when we were talking earlier was, like, well, you walk into a restaurant and you're black. You walk in, I don't know if you're gay or straight or whatever, unless you sit with a girl, touch her hand. And it'd have to be pretty explicit touching for me to even realize, like, they're not just girls. They're not just friends. We probably would be pit off as gay, but we probably wouldn't be pit off as, like, being in a relationship with each other. That's what I'm saying. Right. That's why I was just interested in, like, huh, interesting, because the gay thing has has been very different over historical time like you, you were talking about like sometimes it was used for idol worship it was uh it was sometimes it was like a power, power system yeah. it wasn't mm-hmm. so much like this love this mm-hmm. just we're like genuine especially rel- stuff in the bible that they talk right, about right right, 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 right. Now, now we're coming into this society now where it's like that's just the thing that happens like people just love each other and then you let them be but so but the black white thing is like that's deep that's deep and it's different. Real deep. It's so deep and it's different. My mind is just like, and I know people. I went to college with people. I've been to seminary with people that were like, oh, I kind of had a thing. Back who was seminary? You know how you want it now, but like who who, who navigated both? There was a there was a professor at APU, the Christian college that I went to, that he gave a chapel sermon and was like, I was gay. I had daddy issues. I hooked up with an older man. I was gay for a long time. And then I went through a thing and a season and a prayer and I reconciled That's my not faith. gay. Right. But that was his story and that was yeah, his what experience. What is that? What is that? What is that then? Is it I mean, just maybe it's still gay. Exploration? I don't know if it's, he, is that exploration? Gay and then turn straight. It's clear what I was saying. Because I feel like you can do like, you can have sex with the same person and, and with the same sex, sex and not be mm-hmm. gay. Right. Or identify as lesbian. You can have like, people do freaky shit all the time and like have threesomes right. and shit like that. But that doesn't make you gay. Well, right? and I think, I think there, there would certainly be some people who would argue of that course. gentlemen like that, ladies like that, who have had a period where they lived a homosexual lifestyle and then they claim some kind of a powerful conversion experience and they're and they're yeah, like I'm the straight now pray the gay away that's like I, I, I think there there would be people there would be people who would argue 
you're you're still gay. You're just fighting who you are. Ah, and you're yeah. saying that they weren't ever gay. It was a period of exploration. Well, no, because yeah. that's what I'm saying. It because like I feel like if you're if the person literally having an internal struggle, like really like wrestling with, then it's possibly they're gay. But I feel like people can like so like see this, this is so messy, and I don't, like you might want to. No, no, we'll keep Cut it. Go for it. No. Okay. Unless you don't want it. I just don't want I just don't I don't know about the backlash. But I'm like people that have been molested. Yeah. And then like get into this rhythm because I know a lot of I know a lot of men right. that I went to undergraduate who with that have been molested by, by and they've like had like with like pa- like even even pastors and right. like, that's a, and, like yeah. and then they end up like getting it because they think that's what they know and they were young and it's like they get into this habit of like, oh, possibly and then they end up marrying like a woman right. like being happy in love but I've had I've I don't had think that's gay I think that's like somebody took advantage yeah. of you you thought that this was like the legit and then you like kept well, can doing I this. can I ask what about those that get abused and then they know it's they know that it's being forced upon them but then when they get the right to choose they try to go but I don't and then think it being, doesn't work and well yeah, to them don't they think, don't enjoy don't it being, as much as I don't that think being gay or being a lesbian or being Queer. I don't think it's a choice. Okay. Right. Because so if it was a choice, like I don't understand why somebody would choose the hardest thing in life to right, do right, right, if it was right. a choice. Because if, if it was if it was my choice, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna make my mama happy. I'm gonna be right, straight. Right. I'm gonna get married. I'm gonna choose. Well, I have a que- I have a question for you, just girl to girl. You use the word queer. Why do you use the word queer? Because me. for me, like, um, for me, it's like I don't like to be boxed in. I feel like for a long time I've been like put in the box okay even before i knew what being gay was okay people always like would call me dyke like i was like 12 and like i'd be in the store and like are people kids oh 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 my gosh like and like remember one time i got mad at you and we were girly i said you looked girly in a photo that was and i was like what is that and you got mad at me so we fought at ferguson and we fought at at bj's (laughs) we were fucking (laughs) lit i I was lit but it was this idea was like like what first of all what does that mean because from a long time being called tomboy not really even understanding what that really meant like why am i being called a tom and and a boy boy. and i'm i I didn't even think about the tom part holy shit so it's like it's like this whole (laughs) that's the first time i've ever what are you what are you talking about like i am just being day i um but being in public and having people be like oh my god like you look like a boy do you get that often like it's just that is just, I was gonna say that is so silly but like this, this, then having to like struggle with this idea like okay what am I doing mm. I'm a cheerleader I'm a I'm a fucking cheerleader like going <laughs> you know I like that's what I'm saying like in that and then then I play basketball then I play softball play t-ball like all these things mm. but then because of I might have on basketball shorts or a shirt or my outside appearance. Something about my outside appearance is making people think that I am other than who I identify as. I am a girl. I know I'm a girl. I feel like a girl. I'm like, I feel, I even feel girly. But then like, you know, things like that triggering me saying like, you look girl like well, I am girly. What are you talking about? Like, I, I look, look girly. I'm a I girl. For right, so the record, right. we were looking at an old photo. So. <laughs> like, uh, I was like in defense of me. Calling you white supremacist <laughs> monster. <laughs> but, <laughs> guys. But like you know, oh. thing like that, like that, being put inside of a box. I don't okay. like being put inside of a box. So Lesbian is a box. Also, 
lesbians. I feel box. like just titles in general are. Got box. it. Okay. I like women. I find men attractive, but not sexually attractive. I feel like the last time we talked, which is like two years ago, we talked about you being bi. And so when I talked to you a couple like a, earlier this week, and you talked about having a girlfriend, I was like, oh, different so, place. So so then like so I think honestly, I think being close to my mom and like having this conversation with her i feel like a lot of what like what i was doing was like i want to appease her a little bit mm. right in, so in like, the slightest way because they're always been like well hey, you just you just never know just, you just never know what you're going to do right. you, just, you know you just you just you know like why and then her don't saying, cut yourself right off that thing that that yeah. thing's so then the option then of. actually being so separate from my mom like kind of talking to her, kinda, and then like then like just kind of like stepping into like who I who I really who in I really feel like I am. Yeah. You are, like right. it was like okay, cool, and I started working with Level Ground. I was like, fuck this, I'm finna be like, I'm finna like jump all into this <laughs> shit. Like I like I've been dating girls since I was twelve. Right. Like and yeah, you started before me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even start that yet. I've been, I've been in this thing, man. It's been, it's been real. So I, that, that's always been there. But then, like, I, I mean, I find people, and people are cute. Like, people yeah. look good. Like, what do you like? I can, I can appreciate when a guy is attractive. I, I don't, I don't want to be with him, but that's I'm like, not, it's a good looking man. And that's a separate, that's a separation. <laughs> Get a piece of this. So I've done, I've done that thing before. Like, you know, try to date guys and. But then it was always like, I'm cool with you. Like it feels good. Like we can hang out, vibe. Right. But then when it came down, like the, like the sex thing was like. That's how I feel about guys too. Yeah. See, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Down to the sex thing, I'm like, we can hang out, we can vibe. But dude, like, please put it on your pants. Come on, man. <laughs> you're so you're super cool. Don't make this weird. I want to hang out with you. You're so like, cool. Don't make this weird, please. <laughs> don't make this weird. And that's the thing that separates. So it's like, like emotionally, I feel like that's how we like like when you make a relationship with friends like. You connect with them. You right. want to hang out with them. And yeah, but when yeah. it, like, I, I don't know if I would have sex with you, Colton. No. Let's have another drink and we'll talk about it. Hey, he's like, hey, he's look at that. What's up? What's the power up? of persuasion, let's, let's right? That wild turkey out there. Oh, well, you finish that. You're just be an a example child. of a straight white man thinking he can have everything. Oh, oh, white oh, privilege. Oh, you talk about oh, white man. privilege. All right. You talk about white privilege. But that, that, that's, honestly, that's been the separate. Perverted separate. I can't. The shame. Bye, guys. I'm out. He's like, in this podcast. That's a wrap. I'm cold. <laughs> that's, oh, but that's, that's been the separation. So I think now it's being queer because I feel like I don't I don't know how other lesbians talk. I don't know how people identify as lesbians talk. But for me, I do find, I mean, men are attracted to me. Mm. Now, when it comes down to, like, amorous, like, having sex and things like that that's where the divide comes right and i don't even look at men like oh man like yeah i need it i want to talk to him and i want to date him like it's like more like oh he's like you just appreciate cute. It. yeah it's, i think that's cool I, dude i think that's straight people experience that i think that straight men if they're honest and comfortable with themselves yeah. a lot of the time i think they're just not comfortable yeah. enough so like if a guy is like Oh no! Like I would never look at another dude like think they're attractive. Like he's he, 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 he that guy's looked at gay porn so have for you sure. Like, <laughs> like, like it's just well, not comfortable like, with that. You've seen Jared Leto. You know that's what? an attractive. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Let me do it all the time. Let me do it all the time. This is what I'm gonna say. Listen, I'm all I'm all I'm all into semantics, and maybe I'm trying to make nice because that's just what I do. But my thing is, what's the problem? When did admiration for something become? 
immediate attraction. Why can't, because we look at females all the time, be like, girl, you rocking them shoes. Well, like, your body is tight. Well, girl, I look Jesus. at females a little different. No, I know. But I'm just saying, no, but, emphasis, um, but my thing is, when did that become, like, why can't you look at somebody and be like, dang, girl, you work out, or like. But then, okay, well, I think there's two things. I think we both become hypersexualized and we have a really low pain tolerance, yes. which is why there's both racism and homophobia. Nice, nice. Because it's like, oh, I don't want to be. This is why he's the have you been writing about this stuff? Like no, nah, yeah, no, like, I'm just mostly just talking you? about it. Okay. Cool. And well, bars and... Can you make it into like a comedy <laughs> thing? Yeah, I mean, Dan. can do it. The gay straight <laughs> hour. Right the gay straight hour. There we go. But go ahead, yeah. what were you saying? You that was pretty much the end of that thought. The I haven't really fleshed it out, but it is, it's like, we, we are not, we're, like we're not used to working hard and being uncomfortable, which is why we don't engage in race conversations. Too much for you guys. Then. And we're also hypersexualized <laughs> while we're homophobic, because I don't want to say, dude, like, you look, like, dude, great t-shirt, you look fit in that, have you been working out? Because someone's going to hear that, I guarantee you, if our friend, our mutual friend, they'd Steve like, heard me say that, he'd be like, also, for the record, like Steve would totally be joking. Like he yeah, would one hundred percent be joking. But, but the joking—it's Bill Burr talks about why men die early, and it's because they can't say like a puppy is cute, or buy a pumpkin on Halloween, or like care about anything. You gotta anything shove cute. that just, shit. That's deep that's why men down. have heart attacks at fifty because they just but be like, don't the fucking say that. Is that why they masturbate so much? <laughs> well, that's other reasons. Yeah, I, think that's, uh, I think that's unrelated. I just wanted to be funny. That was releasing the tension. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, push it down and shove it out. No, but I think uh, that is. I think what you're saying is 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 I, I I just think even with sexuality it's like a thing of otherness where you need to step into a space where you can understand what it feels like to be the other and it's yeah. kind of that may sound like ambiguous yeah. and ethereal and whatever but there you know when you're a part of it and so when you go to fuller you're like i don't know why god brought me to fuller you could not be more other yeah. at fuller and i could not be more thankful that you were at fuller because i would not have this come on had you not come to can fuller can i drop a can i drop a theory yes, yes, yes okay yes, so yes, he's gonna take a nap take a lap so i'm gonna drop i'm gonna drop this theological theory that i sort of like picked on just in, in independent research. So I was kind of struck, uh, I was rereading Daniel and I'm kind of fascinated by like <sighs> Daniel as a prophet and I'm yeah. fascinated by uh, the story of the lion's den. Come on now. So like in rereading that story, I think it's interesting that the point of view of the narrative, like you have, everybody knows the story. Daniel, he, he disobeys the king, he gets thrown into a lion's den. Yeah. The next morning the king comes out, they open the thing and like the lions have not harmed him. Right. But what's interesting is that the whole story is written from the king's point of view. Huh. So Daniel gets thrown in the lion's den, and then the story right. leaves. Oh, Dan? It like leaves Daniel, and you just focus on the king. He has a sleepless His night. Lens. He's haunted by right. dreams. Come he up, can't. Up. He's he's restless, and he wanders. And then in the morning, first light, he runs out to the lion's den, makes sure Daniel's okay. And when he sees that Daniel's okay, he's filled with relief. So like I read that story. And I was like, I think it's interesting that God took, uh, like, the the mythos of the story is fascinating to me because God took somebody that he knew he could trust, put him in an unjust situation Damn. for the oh. sake of somebody D watching. D All right, so we went to school for nothing. Damn. Right? I mean, Damn. 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 He just exegeted the fuck out of that. <laughs> Damn. Exegeted the fuck. Oh, yeah. 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 
<laughs> and days we lost day. Day is gone. Day left. Like, that's it. <laughs> I think that is the best way to possibly end this. Besides our last question that we ask every guest, what is something that you want to leave people with? who listen to this episode, what is like one thing you hope people will take away from your faith and your life experience? Like one little nugget you could give to anyone, no matter what side of the aisle they fall on. Dan, I don't know if you want to tweak that question. Yeah, yeah. The, like the, the thought that we've enjoyed ending on is if there's one thing you could communicate about faith, God, spirituality, your beliefs that you wish one person or one thing people could know, what would be that thing? Do you want to go first? Or you want to go first? I can go first. Okay. Um, I feel like God is love. Anything that that preaches that is not of God. That's the first thing. And also, I feel like what you experience is what you experience. And I cannot deny that experience. And your experience should be respected because it's what you experience. And that makes you who you are. Um, anybody that tries to deny that can eat shit. Hilarious. So just kidding. Don't eat shit. I love you. It's like I do love you. I think what I would what I would encourage is for you to step outside of self. Um, I think what has been the most formative time of my life is when I am the other, not just race, Christianity, and thought. It is good to be around people that do not think like you. And it is, a, and you walk into that environment not to convert anybody, but you walk in that environment to learn. So that's why I love Back Pew, mm -hmm. because these boys, we know these men, sorry. Well, and according to me, because I'm like a mother. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, Mama T. The fact that they are willing to even do this podcast because life is just not some pretty bow. Do you see what I'm saying? So these boys are tackling issues that are hard to talk about, but you can't question their faith. Their faith is what it is. But it's when you begin. And there it is. Okay. I, you know, you talk long enough, you find it. It's okay to <laughs> That's question. Our, That's our strategy. It is okay to question. That's what you need to walk away yes. with. I don't care you what your denomination is. Right. I don't I don't care what your denomination is. I don't care how you've been raised or whatever. As a person, it is okay to question. To me, that's when it shows that you got real faith. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? When you try to surround yourself, and this is what I, this is what I learned. Just take it for what it is. Do you see what I'm saying? When you surround yourself it. with people that are just like you and think like you and will never question anything. That's a form of fanaticism, and that's Ooh. that. That's, that's what causes racism, people, and that's what causes fear. Right. But when you are strong in what you know, and you can step into a different environment and still stand strong, but be willing to learn and know, that's when you've got growing mature face. That's maturity. Boom. And I'm done. Boom. Also, I just want to uh, say, if that mic was droppable, then it was dropped. <laughs> <laughs> it's on a stand. I just, I, I just want to say one other thing. It's probably what making a podcast. Yes, dear. But I love my girlfriend. Mm. And also, <laughs> <laughs> you big soft <laughs> son of a. And I'm sure she loves. Uh, you. This one goes out to Ashley. Ashley, if you're listening, your girlfriend <laughs> loves you. Do you have you. a song you play? <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. You are. Thanks, <laughs> Steve. I do want to say this By is by far one of my favorites. This is history. You guys are the yeah. first women we've had on the podcast. Thank first you so much for being first, the first African American and the first woman. The black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, this is amazing. Thank on that note, so we'll see you next time. Thank Thanks, you guys. guys.